Good morning. Go. Good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm triple stinting today. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing you're doing all the sanctioning, buddies, huh? No, I think yeah, we're uh, uh, you know uh, I don't think they planned for uh, uh, bathroom breaks in this. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's great to see you and. Uh, uh, I think uh, one, we uh, always like to start off with uh, just having the audience get to know you a little bit uh, sure. and, and, and how you uh, ended up doing what you do. And, and, you know, first off, we'll start with a little orientation about what NASA is. Of course, I know what NASA is because it's, it's a, a big deal in my life and world. So, but give, yeah. just give dimension to the scale and scope of NASA to people who may not know. Sure. Um, NASA is a road racing sanctioning body based in the United States. Uh, we run about 150 events nationwide. Um, we visit just about every road racing facility across the country. We've, we've grown to a membership base of almost 30,000 now. Um, we service just about every major metropolitan area in, in the country. And we have programs ranging from the absolute novice to get you started on the racetrack and how, how, how to learn how to become a race car driver and moving all the way up into a veteran that, you know, just kind of like myself, that's been racing for two decades and just loves racing and won't ever give it up. So um, we've got uh, a program called HPDE, which is high performance driving events. And we kind of, um, we kind of created this program that's been emulated for the last uh, three decades. Now um, the company won by company founders, Jerry Koonsman and Ali Arsham. And uh, it, funny enough, it started as the Capri Club out of Northern California. And um, Jerry had this zany idea that it could grow into something that was a lot bigger than the club that it was. And he formed NASA and he brought on two of the other company um, owners at the time, uh, Ryan Flaherty and John Lindsay, who uh, were, I was fortunate enough to meet starting racing in 05 down in Southern California. And they brought me on as just a young kid uh, to help grow NASA into what it's become today. And I'm fortunate enough to now be in the position where I'm essentially managing the company. So. Yes. Yeah, so you're the one everyone can blame. <laughs> I, yes, <laughs> That's how I it works in lots, racing. <laughs> I do get lots of fingers pointed my way. That's for sure. Yeah, to take it from someone who knows, uh, um, <laughs> that's really how it, that's how it ends up when you're the one sitting in that seat. So uh, the, uh, and, you know, that background is, is helpful uh, because you're a racer uh, at heart. And a lot of what you've done has been driven by your passion for the sport, uh, you know, obviously. And, you know, when you look at NASA, uh, What's different about NASA uh, in contrast to um, other offerings that are similar, similar to yours in the space? What, what differentiates the culture and the spirit of NASA and what you do and how you do it if you're a competitor? Sure. Um, NASA, it, it really is a huge family. Um, we've got 15 regions across the country. Every region has somewhere between 50 and 100 people that work with them, um, from volunteers to you know, to people that, that show up because they love doing it. Um, we've got a growing staff here at the national office. Uh, we've got upwards of 20 people now. Um, so we've grown, we've grown 
quite um, substantially over the last 10 years or so, uh, as NASA's continued to spread and, and grow. And um, we have our NAS national championship event, which is an annual event that moves. We kind of pioneered the concept of moving our national championship, or at least having a national championship event that moved every year to a different area in the country. Uh, the idea there was just to give a, a broader range of access to our participants. You know, there's a, there's not as many people that will travel across the country, you know, West Coast or East Coast. So we try to move it around and give everyone an equal opportunity to attend, a, you know, a high high level, high scale event like that. Um, but the, th the big thing that differentiates NASA is our, our, our breadth and scope. We have... Um, a very unique program in our HPD time trial and road racing elements. And anyone from anyone to uh, someone with the Honda Civic or uh, to a Ferrari or Lamborghini can sign up for a NASA membership, register for a NASA event and go get, get proper professional in-car instruction with someone sitting right seat and teach them the ins and outs. And we have the most, um, the most accessible program and the most highly developed HBD program in the country. So I think that's kind of what sets us apart. Well, it, uh, you know, you have a lot to be proud of with what you've done in, in building this business with these programs. Um, you know, I first, uh, you know, one of my first kind of like, you know, NASA is a real thing uh, uh, was the, the uh, just a realization that, uh, you know, the, the complexion and landscape of amateur motorsports changed and uh, NASA was driving that change. Uh, and, and it really was. It was, you know, I'm a longtime SCCA member and participant. You know, I raced in the club and, and have been a member, uh, you know, off and on since I was, uh, you know, very young person. And I started to realize there were multiple paths uh, by what NASA was creating. And you had a signature event too, which you know, was the 25 or 24 hours, I can't remember now, Thunder Hill. Yeah, with 2025, it's actually happening this weekend. Yes, it is. And yeah. uh, that's when I really started to realize, okay, NASA's really a thing because there was a lot of buzz around about that event. Yeah. And how did that would come come to pass if you're if people are not familiar with it? Just give give us a little background on that. Oh, again, I got to point the finger at my partner, Jerry Kunzman. Um, he was running a 12-hour event. Um, this was maybe maybe 20 years ago now yeah. um, at Thunder Hill. And he was, um, he was giving a driver's meeting at the time. And he actually said, um, you know, maybe we'll try something different next year. Literally out of left field and said, maybe we'll run an hour past all the way around the clock and we'll make it 25 and the 25 hours of Thunder Hill was born. So um, that's a staple event. It's been um, a, a strong contender in the amateur endurance side of things. It's one of the only tried and true 20, more than 24 hour endurance races you can do across the country. And it's attracted, you know, anyone from myself who was just a lowly racer to, um, to, you know, Kurt Busch and, um, you know nascar legends and indycar legends heck uh um the andrettis were there uh two or three seasons ago or two or three seasons ago which is really cool right you get these big yeah. name folks and you're tr and trading elbows and hopefully not trading paint with them in the same race so it's it's pretty cool to um to have one of the only true pro-am races across the country yeah it, it uh 
it's it's got its own uh, kind of uh, uh, if you will legend to it now. You've you've had uh, uh, it, it actually pops up as a real you know this is a major event in the culture of racing now. Yeah, uh, it, it it defines kind of too the ambition of NASA, and to that point, you know here we are. You, you're in the driver's seat uh, operating this business now. Where does NASA want to go with what you've created? What is the kind of vision for the next uh, uh, period of, you know, through the end of this decade? What do you want to see happen with NASA? I mean, NASA has really um, kind of defined itself with innovation. Um, we came up with the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill. Uh, a lot of folks don't know, Spec Miata, the biggest single make race in the world, is was started in NASA, in NASA NorCal. Um, we helped pioneer that and push it along. Um, our Specy 30 program under the same guidelines, uh, Honda Challenge back in the 2000, the mid 2000s and even still today. Um, you know, we're, we're looking toward the future on sustainability. We're looking toward the future on EVs and the adoption of EVs. Um, we're working with a new partner in Scalar. Um, Scalar Performance just announced, and they're actually going to be at PRI next week, um, their new SCR1 uh, all-EV race car, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. Um, we're working to closely together with them to, to provide them a home in our super touring category. Um, it, I mean, one of, the, one of the challenges is um, NASA events tend to be one of the most uh, complicated of, of lifestyle events to put on anywhere across the country. I like to say that we do the best job in the industry at packing 10 pounds of stuff into a five pound bag. Uh, we, we don't just offer, you know, 30 some odd race classes of competition. We also have nine time trial classes. We have four categories of high performance driving. Uh, we have contingency programs that span across our racing and time trial programs. And we've even um, innovated a, a new high performance driving HBDE rewards program where if you participate with NASA for a certain number of events, our partners will provide you discounts and opportunities to, to get benefits and whatnot through them. So it, it, the, the wheel of innovation never really stops, right? It's, there's always something to keep, keep us going and keep us moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's all, always driven by who your customers are. And, uh, um, and it is, as the world moves deeper into the 21st century, is your customer changing fundamentally or is it same sort of mindset, but just moving through the another uh, generation? What, what, what do you see now in terms of your customer base? Is it, is it, is it like what originally powered uh, this customer base, like what originally powered the first wave of growth in NASA? Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, the, um, as a long longtime SCCA member, I'm sure you'll you'll appreciate this. Um, our demographic is is aging. Um, we in the in the mid 2000s, I would say the average NASA racer was a late 20s, early 30s guy. Right. Now it's a late 30s guy, right? So, um, and that's probably due in part to a number of the other um, great folks that are doing a great job, right? You guys just were talking to Chris from Gridlife. They're just doing an amazing job at, you know, spurring interest in that younger demographic, which I find most helpful because anything and everything that we can do to provide more access to the world of motorsport 
is good for everyone. Um, yeah. SCCA has been doing a heck of a job with their Track Night in America program, bringing in lots of new folks. Um, I I am one of the few in motorsports that um, to steal a, a to steal Chris's line likes to use the thought of building a bigger oven instead of cutting up the the pie. Um, I thought that was a really poignant thing he said because the more everyone can work together to make motorsports more accessible is better for everyone in general. And that's kind of a, a company philosophy that we have across NASA. Well, that, that, that's a healthy philosophy, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> uh, because I think that uh, we're still a niche sport. Um, for sure. And, uh, you know, we, we all think we're a big deal, but sometimes the rest of the world doesn't. And yep. to get any sort of mass and momentum up as a culture, uh, I think we need each other as drafting partners. Um, and uh, one form of motorsport or one sanctioning group may not be right for a person as they progress or even as an entry point. It's good that we have options. And so much of it's vehicle driven. Uh, yeah. You touched on the EV side of it. Uh, is there an emerging trend that you could spot in the types of vehicles people want to race now? Is it, again, it's, it's always changing. The world I've been around, I've seen it evolve quite profoundly, but, you know, is there something you see from the NASA perspective that you're trying to address? The, I think one of the, the biggest seismic shifts has been professional racing's um, push toward factory-built race cars. Um, I think that's had an implication is going to have a much larger implication moving into the next five or 10 years. Um, if you can buy a purpose built, you know, factory race car for 75 or 80 grand from a team that can't know, can't, can't use it anymore. Why are you going to spend a hundred grand building your own race car? Right. So I think that's had a big impact um, and will continue to moving into the future. And then the slow adoption uh, on the motorsport side of the EV segment, uh, again, NASA loves to be at the forefront of change. Um, we're, we're certainly not um, risk averse when it comes to trying new things. So um, I, I firmly believe that EVs, as the industry continues to adopt them in the world of motorsports, are going to continue to grow because it's been pretty um, pretty amazing to work with the, the folks over at Scalar and learn and understand the benefits of EV technology and how how much of an important impact that's going to play. Um, not so much from the, the cost saving standpoint of purchasing vehicles, because those are still, um, you know, it's new, right? Anything new is going to be expensive, but right. it's on the, on the cost savings on a per weekend basis, because you don't have the expense of changing oil and rebuilding engines. It's an electric motor. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 that's one of the interesting things. I had the privilege of uh, uh, being part of this velocity event a year ago at, at uh, Laguna Seca, WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. And, uh, mm -hmm moderated a panel and I got to sit down with Jim Farley, uh, 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 who had been our client at Toyota uh, during his days there. And uh, now, of course, he's the, uh, the man running the Ford Motor Company. But yeah. He's a racer and he's a racer at heart. And he was sharing with me that, you know, one of the nice things about an EV is it's uh, a lot fewer moving parts. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, torque. Instant I like torque. torque. <laughs> uh, I like torque in a race car. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so you know, when when I look at what's coming, there are 
opportunities, obviously, for all of motorsport in that space. It's a different consumer, probably, too, that's going to want to do that. Um, and it's great to see that you're doing what you're doing. Uh, I also have to ask, is does that alienate the core constituency you have at NASA, or does that interest, do, do you have an open-minded panic, I guess, is what I'm asking. We do. Uh, I think that's one of the things we're really fortunate to have in NASA culture is this very open-mindedness, open-arm approach where everyone in the, in the NASA paddock is part of the NASA family. And you're all there for one, for the same reason, which is the love of motorsport. Right. And maybe it's, maybe you're just entering HPE1 and you're just learning and nine times out of 10, you're going to have someone there that has the same type of car that you'll drive by as you're pulling into the paddock and go, Hey, that I, I wonder if I can paddock with that guy and you'll get out yeah. and he'll say, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And let's share the, let's share the weekend together. So um, that's been a huge, um, huge blessing to the organization as a whole, because it's that that's really hard to, to foster from the get go. Yeah. Well, if you start there and stay there, you know, don't lose that because I think one of the things that is um, so important uh, especially as you know, as I in my life move through the levels of professional racing, it becomes too serious. It becomes yeah. very serious, and you know the consequence. Not I'm not talking the consequence of risk, but the consequence of uh, you're, you're measured and paid by performance. Uh, but when you're there to have fun, if you're in a culture that recognizes that and embraces it, uh, uh, I think. The more of that to set the foundation of motorsport, the better it is going to be for motorsport. Because you know, to use Chris's word from the prior session, you have gravity. Fun attracts people, and absolutely. And when I uh, think about uh, you know what what NASA has done, especially something like the twenty five hours of Thunder Hill, uh, you know, what do you see for your organization expanding its profile? Um, you know, and becoming more visible beyond the people on site at participation. You have live stream out of uh, Thunderhill I've seen, um, uh, but is there a plan to uh, make your events more public facing uh, as a detractor or is that not necessary for what you do via live stream or, or other means? I mean, we do, we have live stream for, um, for an asset championship event as well. Um, again, if you look at the demographics, um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we're IMSA or that we have aspirations to become IMSA. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that requires a, a level of complexity and, and quite honestly, financing that just isn't in the cards. Um, I think focusing on our core competencies on who we are as a business and what we do well is what we are going to continue to do. Um, we're, we're still that's not to say we're not looking toward um, some new programs, some more in innovative things, um, new race classes, things like that. But again, focusing on inclusive and not exclusive. Uh, NASA's always been the most inclusive group across motorsports, and I intend to keep it that way because one of the uh, here's a here's a perfect example. Um, we had a large scale initiative this year to um, through our our publication called NASA Speed News to tell the story of who NASA is and what our membership base is. And that's not to necessarily highlight any one particular person or group, 
but to just demonstrate the the wide variety of folks from men and women to you know folks in the LBGTQ community that are avid supporters of motorsports and they're already here they're already in in our NASA organization and they're they're as accepted as anybody else because again the only thing that brought I mean no one goes to a NASA event for the most part without some level of motorsports interest or passion so yeah. it's just it's just putting programs together to foster that passion and to fan that flame to to further grow it into something that keeps them coming back and, and that's commendable uh, because racing's for everybody or motorsports is for everybody. There, there should Absolutely. not be a barrier to anyone for any reason in my mind. And unless you're a habitual excuse maker like I am after I don't <laughs> win a race, then there should be a you're barrier. You're a racer. <laughs> you're a racer. It wasn't me, it was the car. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could understand that part. But the, the reality is racing belongs to everyone. And it's the one sport what doesn't care what gender you are, what religion you are, uh, what sexual orientation you have. It just That's doesn't right. care. You just got to be able to do it. That's right. It's, yeah. it's and, I like, uh, I like to and, say uh, it's, it's a language doesn't that, matter. It just your will, your desire and your, your ability to learn is what drives it. Yeah. And NASA's ability to learn uh, is an accelerated one. You've done a lot in the 30 years that the company has been around. It's, it's still a young company. Uh, and, it has uh, a long way to go. If you were to define what is the greatest thing, you know, if you if if you look back on the collective history, it doesn't have to be when when you've been at the helm, of course. What do you think is the greatest thing that NASA has accomplished out of the the the, the, the myriad things you've talked about today? What is the what is the most significant accomplishment? Wow, um, that's a big list. Um, I would have to point toward the creation of our HPD program and the curriculum that has effectively seen, seen it emulated across the, the world in motorsport. I mean, if you, if you go back um, into the nineties, right. The, the people were doing track days, not like they do track days today. Right. Yeah. And the, yeah. the number of uh, the number of folks that are offering you know, have some sort of offer in the the area of motorsports has never been wider and and never been bigger. So, um, I think the thing that we just need to do is to continue to tell our story and to keep people um, engaged because that's that's what it's about. It's right. It's, it's about engagement and providing a place for someone to enjoy, you know, enjoy their vehicle. That's that's one of the things that kind of stood out when you asked if if this walk toward this march toward EVs. I, I, I see that as a positive. I see that as something changing and I see that as an opportunity to be more inclusive and to bring more new people into the world of NASA and provide a, a, a different experience. You've, you've driven enough cars and I'm certain that you understand the difference between wheeling a Tesla around the track and wheeling a 65 Ford Mustang around the track. So. Yeah, and with some irony, Racer, you know, agency, uh, Racer Studio, uh, during the prior decade here, our, our our company did the original launch videos for the Tesla Model S, our, our agency did. And one awesome. of the things you realize is uh, EV is a high-performance car. Absolutely. And, you know, stop. It's just a, and so it they're going to be raced. Uh, well, it's been fantastic talking with you today. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. And uh, I wish you and the team at NASA uh, great success uh, in the year ahead, and congratulations on all the things you've accomplished. Uh, we uh, 
I think uh, Racer and NASA started right around the same time. So, uh, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, thank you to the good folks at ePart Trade for uh, the invitation to attend this. It's been phenomenal. And we look forward to, you know, being a part of it in the future. Thank we you, sure Jeremy. Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.